Please turn in your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 3. Nehemiah chapter 3. We'll be reading the entire chapter. This is God's holy and infallible word, a, a word of history, but also a word of life and what it means to be a, a diligent, faithful servant of the Lord God. Verse 1, Malachi chapter 3. Then Elisha, the high priest, arose with his brothers, the priests, and built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and hung its doors. They consecrated the wall to the tower of the hundred, of the hundred and tower of Hananel. Next to him, the men of Jericho built, and next to them, Zachor, the son of Emri, built. Now the sons of Hasaiah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and hung its doors with bolts and bars. Next to them, Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, made repairs. Next to him... Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, the son of Meshezabel, Meshezabel, made repairs. Next to him, Zadok, the son of Baana, also made repairs. Moreover, next to him, the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not support the work of their masters. Jehoiada, the son of Pasaiah, and Meshulam, the son of um, Bezadiah, repaired the old gate. They laid its beams and hung its doors with the bolts and bars. Next to them, Melatiah, the Gibeonite, and Jadon, the Maranathite. The men of Gibeah and, Mez- and Mizpah also made repairs for the official seat of the governor of the province beyond the river. Next to him... Uziel, the son of Harhiah, of the goldsmiths, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfumers, made repairs. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Next to them, Rephaiah, the son of Hur, the official of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs. Next to them, Jedidiah, the son of Harumhumath, all uh, made repairs opposite his house. Next to him, Hatush, the son of Hashabaniah, made repairs. Malchijah, the son of Haram, and Hashab, the son of Pehath Moab, repaired other sections and the tower of furnaces. Next to him, Shalom, the son of Halohesh, the official of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs, he and his daughters. Hanan and the inhabitants of Zanoah repaired the valley gate. They built it and hung its doors with its bolts and its bars and a thousand cubits of the wall to the refuse gate. Malchijah, the son of Rechab, the official of the district of Beth Hakarim, repaired the refuse gates. He built it and hung its doors with its bolts and bars. Shalom, the son of Cal Hosea, uh, the official of the district of Mizpah, repaired the fountain gate. He built it, covered it, and hung its doors with its bolts and its bars, and the wall of the pool of uh, uh, Shelia 
um, the king's garden, as far as the steps that descend from the city of David. Now, Nehemiah, the son of Azbuk, the official of half the district of Beth Zur, made repairs as far as a point opposite the tombs of David, and as far as the artificial pool and the house of the mighty men. After him, the Levites carried out repairs under Rehum, the son of Benai. Next to him, Hashabaniah, the official of half the district of Keliah, carried out repairs for his district. After him, their brothers carried out repairs under Bavi, the son of Hinadad, official uh, of the other half of the district of Keliah. Next to him, Ezra, the son of Jeshua, the official of Mizpah, repaired another section in front of the ascent of the armory at the angle. After him, Baruch, the son of Zabai, zealously repaired another section from the angle to the doorway of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. After him, Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of uh, Hakaz, um, repaired another section from the doorway of Eliashib's house, even as far as the end of the house. After him, the priests, the men of the valley, carried out repairs. After them, Benjamin and Hashab carried out repairs in front of their house. And after them, Azariah, the son of Maaseah, son of Ananiah, carried out repairs beside his house. After him, Benui, the son of Hinadad, repaired another section from the house of Azariah as far as the angle and as far as the corner. Palal, the son of Uzziah, made repairs in front of the angle and the tower projecting from the upper house of the king, which is by the court of the guard. After him, Pediah, the son of Perosh, made repairs. The temple servants living in Ophel made repairs as far as the front of the water gate toward the east and the projecting tower. After them, the Tekoites repaired another section in front of the great projecting tower as far as the wall of Ophel. Above the horse gate, uh, the priests carried out repairs, each in front of his house. After them, Zadok, the son of Emmer, uh, carried out repairs in front of his house. After him, Shemaiah, the son of Shechaniah, the keeper of the east gate, carried out repairs. After him, Hananiah, the son of Shelemaiah, um, and Hanan, the sixth son of Zalaf, repaired other sec- another section. After him, Meshulum, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, carried out repairs in front of his own quarters. After him, Melchijah, one of the goldsmiths, carried out repairs as far as the house of the temple servants and of the merchants in front of the inspection gate as far as the upper room of the corner. Between the upper room of the corner and the sheep gate, the goldsmiths and the merchants carried out repairs. Let us pray. Our beloved Lord, we do pray that you would help us to learn from this portion of Holy Scripture the record of those saints who labored uh, for the sake of the kingdom, that we would remember their uh, labors as you have remembered their labors, and also have remembered those who did not want to do the work. We pray, O Father, 
that you would help us to glean from this passage truth from your holy scriptures, that you would build us up as a holy habitation, as a holy uh, kingdom. Lord, build up the walls of Jerusalem. Build up your churches, we pray, with living stones of those who labor for your kingdom. For we ask all these things that Christ would receive the glory. For we ask it in his name. Amen. So we look at today's passage. This might remind you of something that you've likely read in Revelation 20. In Revelation 20, you don't have to necessarily turn there. I have a a verse uh, written there in your outline. But in Revelation 20, it talks about there being a great white throne of judgment where God is seated upon the throne. And that he's going to judge the great and the small, the living and the dead, and everyone will be judged according to what is called the book of life, life, which will be opened. Everyone will be judged from the things which are written in the book according to their deeds. Now, as we remember back and we look at some, this event in history, church history, of the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem, God remembered, and you could say that this is the type of thing that he might have written down in this book, of remembrance of those Israelites who labored with faith to rebuild the walls of the kingdom, of, uh, to rebuild the walls of, of uh, um, God's uh, special habitation where he said his, his name would be residing there in Jerusalem. God's hand, good hand of favor, was upon Nehemiah. And that's why even Nehemiah was able to take a leave of absence as the king's cupbearer to then go and travel um, from modern-day Iraq, I believe some have said, all the way to Jerusalem to then help the effort at rebuilding the walls. They considered it a reproach, an insult. Maybe people laughed at them that they were like a city without walls. They obviously needed protection because there were people in the vicinity who did not like them, people that even hated them. We'll find out later in coming sections that some even threatened to kill them to stop the work. But he was given favor of the Lord and he was allowed to serve as a governor and a ruler in Jerusalem for approximately 12 years to help rebuild the walls. Last time uh, we looked at uh, Nehemiah, we, we saw how he did a nighttime inspection. He did an inspection at night so people would not notice what was going on. and He, he would reduce the amount of, of vehemency against this work project by doing the inspection at night. But now it, he, he then goes and confronts the countrymen of, of um, Israel and then he talks to them and he gets them to begin the work. Today's chapter gives us an account of all of the work that was done. Not all of it, but this is a portion of the work that was done. As we look at today's text, the focus is how we are to labor for the kingdom of God. The focus of today's text is how we are to labor for the kingdom of God. The first point will be how the work was done. And the second point is who did the work. Now, if you want to personalize it to yourself, you might ask yourself, how should the work be done? And which of us should do the work as well? So first, let's look at how the work was done. In uh, today's text in chapter 3, there are at least six examples of people making repairs 
in front of, beside, and opposite of their homes. That's a refrain mentioned at least six times in today's text. Now, that's a wise lesson on Nehemiah's part. It's a lesson of efficiency, because if, if someone had to travel from one side of the city to the other side of the city before even getting started with work, he's already spent a lot of effort and time and energy getting from one place to the other before getting his job done. Um, at the same time, um, I know that this city is not nearly the size of some of our modern cities, but a lot of people had to travel by foot. And not everyone had an animal or a steed or donkey or a horse to travel by, so people had to travel across the city by foot. Um, you, you could say in uh, modern times, we have also the, the cost of uh, commute, right? If you have a job and you've got to commute a long way, um, you're going to spend a lot of money that you could spend on your family on travel. Now, for our brother who works in Alaska in harsh, winter tempor- uh, harsh winters in Alaska, we understand it's necessary to take a commute to and from work. Who wants to live in Alaska, right? Uh, I guess you, some people do, but especially if you're from South Louisiana, you don't want to live in Alaska. So sometimes a commute is necessary. But notice that their work was beside their homes so that they could be ready to defend their homes in case of invasion. Uh, Later on in chapter 4, this will become more evident, um, there were those who were threatening them. And when they later on had to work, they had to work with weapons on the ready. They had to work with tools, but they also had to work with weapons on the ready. So you needed to be home or near your home to defend your family. As God has ordained the Jewish people to have work beside their dwellings, I want you to consider whether God is convicting you, or God hopefully should convict you, that you are to work beside the area where you live. If there is kingdom work to be done, God would want you to do whatever it is that you can do for the sake of the kingdom right here. For those of you who live here in central Louisiana, right here in central Louisiana. There's a trend in evangelicalism that they go on a summer missions trip all the way to uh, maybe Mexico, maybe Ukraine, maybe South Africa, but they don't really witness or talk about Christ in their local community. You can go do it in a foreign land, but why not do it here? I think that's an application of today's text. Be a witness for Christ where you are presently planted. Seek to make an influence of, for Christ, for the sake of Christ, in your occupation. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, seek to do it to his glory and giving a faithful witness in the current occupation that you have been granted. Now, if God has given you the conviction to pursue something else, by all means, pursue something else. But in the meantime, seek to serve Christ where you are planted in your occupation as well. Now, notice the next thing is that a lot of uh, the way they worked was at diligence. Uh, It mentions in verse 20, Baruch, in verse 20, reportedly worked zealously, but he wasn't alone. Uh, if you look a little forward, um, it's actually there in your outline, but Nehemiah 4.6, uh, Nehemiah remarked that the people had a mind to work. I don't know what say. They didn't just have a mind to work. They had a heart to work, a desire, a passion to work. And they got a lot done in a very short while. And we'll look at that more as we progress in, 
in the text. Their motivation and how they worked was for their own good. They worked beside their homes and they saw the fruit that as that wall went up, the protection went up and then they could look across and see their house and see, you know, I feel a lot safer that my home right next to this wall is going to be protected because now I see the wall coming up. Um, Contrary to that, remember um, if you've studied in the Old Testament, Solomon caused his servants to labor very hard, very difficult, hard labor. That's the kind of king he was. He put the people to work in a hard fashion. And uh, when Solomon was replaced by his son Rehoboam, they, the uh, Israelites came up to him and they said, well, would you lighten the load because we, we labored really hard under your father. And then Rehoboam then goes to the elders and the elders say, well, why don't you lighten the load for the people and they will follow you. And they will, keep, they, will, they will delight in you and they will follow you if you do what they ask. Well, he went and listened to some of his, to his young friends and actually made their, he said he promised to make the, the work even harder. He was going to whip them with scorpions. That's a hard taskmaster, whip them with, with uh, scorpions. The reason I'm making this contrast is that the people of Israel at times got weary because they were working not for themselves, but they were working for the king. They were working to beautify a palace that wasn't their own. They were working to beautify... Jerusalem, where they might, not, they might have not even lived in the walls of Jerusalem. They might have lived outside of Jerusalem. But they were laboring hard, not for their own good, but for someone else's benefit, for someone else's glory. But here's a chance that the people are laboring for themselves and for their good, for their benefit, for their protection, for the protection of their wives and kids. Each section of wall that was added added protection to their families and a, a section of the city where their family labor was added uh, to greater protection for their sakes. It was, it, their motivation was their own direct benefit. Now these saints endured strenuous labors and we're going to look at, at, at those who worked but their strenuous labors was something that God remembered. He remembered it because he wrote it down here. He even calls them by name. And their names are recorded for all history. But in like fashion, everything that we do for the sake of the kingdom, God remembers. Let's turn to Hebrews. Keep your place in um, Nehemiah but turn to Hebrews uh, 6, 9 and following. Hebrews 6, 9, and following. We'll be reading through 12. Hebrews 6, 9. But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation, though we are speaking in this way. Again, he's just following up a a pretty hard warning concerning those who would forsake the the kingdom of Christ. She says, though we are speaking in this way. Verse 10, For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name in having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each one of you 
show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end so that you will not be sluggish but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now what's the what's those that we should follow and be imitators of? You can look at that that great uh, wonderful triumph of many recorded saints who triumphed diligently through great strife and you can look at that in, in later on in your own reading in uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews but God remembers your labors everything that you do for the sake of the kingdom he is one who remembers and keeps these things to mind he writes them down in a book he takes note of them he also takes note of who does the work. Look at uh, this next main section. Who did the work? This chapter is filled of, with people of every walk of life. Virtually every occupation did strenuous work on the wall. Why, why do I say it's strenuous work? Have you seen the stones and the size of the stones in the walls of Jerusalem? Massive. It was strenuous work. And I'm sure it was rather hot in that kind of climate. But notice here that those who labored on a wall, hauling heavy bricks and mortar and stone or whatever, uh, included priests, goldsmiths, perfumers, government officials, Levites, and temple servants. Now, this is only a list of some of the occupations that are mentioned here in chapter 3. But a lot of the men and, uh, who are mentioned here their occupation is not mentioned. I'm sure there were bakers and tailors and um, people who worked with animals and farmers who were all included along with the work. Now, think about this. Many of the people who labored for this wall, on the, upon this wall, had to work outside of their skill set. Think about a perfumer. What do I do for a living? I make perfume all day. I, I, be, I crush leaves and petals and flowers and uh, get fragrances together to, to make nice smells. What do you mean i got to build the wall? <laughs> well, he has to put aside his perfuming, and he has to get up on, the, on this wall and build a, a wall with, with heavy stone and mortar. I believe this was only possible because they had a, someone who was a skilled foreman. We know, of course, that was probably more skilled foremen or supervisors other than Nehemiah, but someone had to go around and teach perfumers and bakers and goldsmiths how to build a wall they had good supervision but you notice that they had to move outside of their comfort zone in the church there might be many things in the church that you don't feel like you have a skill in doing maybe a deacon or someone else maybe i or myself or uh, maybe one of the elders might ask you to help with something and you don't feel capable of doing it but you know what? If, if a perfumer can learn how to build a wall, I think maybe we could learn how to do some things around the church, couldn't we? This text is also a lovely example of people of religious orders um, and also political leaders or officials were willing to get beside others to do the labor. So you had, you had the religious leaders, the priests, the Levites, and the, the, the secular officials getting together and doing the work. And I believe this is an example of what Jesus spoke about in Matthew 20, 26 and following. 
Whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. A pastor or an elder should not think that they are beyond the scope of getting their hands dirty or getting sweaty to help even with physical or menial labor in the church. By the way, the word pastor in the New Testament and in the Old means servant in the, in the noun form. In the, in the verb form, it means to serve. So when, you, when you, someone aspires to be a gospel minister, he's aspiring to be a gospel servant, not to be one who's given a special treatment where he doesn't serve others. Nehemiah 3.12 makes mention of someone else who did, some other folks who did the work. It says, Shalom, the official of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs, he and his daughters. Now, I, I cite other authors and scholars who write upon the Word of God, but oftentimes I cite them to give an example of, of uh, how they support my interpretation or how they support us to coming to a faithful interpretation. But here's one I just had to cite because it's, it's a negative example. Um, th- these two authors, uh, Spence and Jones, write this. It seems to be almost impossible that women were pressed into the service especially when it was one uh, of so much danger. And he's talking about what we find out in the next chapter, chapter 4, 13 and following. In other words, did you catch what he just did? Scripture says there were women who worked. So he comes up with this Bible gymnastics to say, I don't see it's possible that women were pressed in the service. Well, what does the text say? Shalom and his daughters labored and they built the wall. I, I know I've met women that can haul block, and uh, there are some people who can do labor, and it's possible, yes, that women got on that wall and labored and helped build the wall as well. And uh, you have to remember that Scripture needs to be interpreted according to the way it's written in its plain language. There are a lot of passages that are up for interpretation, but really, this one? <laughs> All right. All right, so here's one example, another example of someone who did not support the work, the, the Tekoite nobles, and said they did not support the work of their masters. Uh, who were the masters of the nobles? It seems like the masters would have been the nobles. I, I've seen one interpretation. It says that they did, not, they did not support the work of the Lord. And anyway, there were a group, nobles, who did not want to do the work. Now, what's the difference between nobles and officials? Maybe the nobles were those of, by privilege by birth versus an official as being someone who was elected. But there were some people who were in the ruling class who didn't want to get up and do the work. And Nehemiah took note, and the Lord took note, and it's been recorded for thousands of years that the, these lousy nobles did not want to get up and do the work. Maybe they were afraid to get a blister or something, or they might, they might get a splinter, and they didn't want to get their hands dirty, so they didn't do the work. Now, we might get the impression, well, that's, the, that's a ruling class always, isn't it? That you have 
rulers and nobles and officials, they don't want to do the work. They want to tell everyone else to do. They want to just get up and talk, and they want to, they want to be in a, in a leadership position, but they don't want to labor. That's not true of this text, by the way. With a careful analysis, more than any other occupation of men that are helping in this building project, most, more than any other class of worker, there were mention of more officials. There was an official even, uh, Shalom, who ha- he was, he was a, a governor of half the province. He got up and worked, him and his daughters. We have a lot of examples of government, or the, the ruling class who got up and labored and did the work. So don't think that is something where it's saying that all ruling class didn't work. So the main thrust, again, of today's text is how each of you are to labor for the kingdom of God. Personalizing the text for yourself, how are you to labor? And as far as God has enabled you, where you are planted, seek to do work for the sake of the kingdom. Seek to witness Christ where you are now. Work with diligence. Work zealously. Have a mind to work, as mentioned in this uh, book. Keep in mind that your work is a benefit not only for yourself, but for your families and for your community. When you rebuild the wall where you are planted, it will help you and your community. If you don't like the way things are in in central Louisiana, witness the gospel. Because the, the gospel is the answer of what this community needs more than anything. More than better education from the government. The gospel is what is necessary for this community. And remember, God, as he had remembered these saints who labored on the wall, he remembers your works, as promised in Hebrews 6. Which of you are to do the work? People of every walk and class of life, of every occupation. If perfumers can learn how to build a wall I don't care what your occupation is. You can find some labor that is fitting in within the church, the realms of the church. Notice it was also political leaders and religious leaders who got and labored and did the work as well, even strenuous labor. Each of us are to imitate our Lord Jesus. He did not come to be served, but to serve. Like the daughters of Shalom, God calls women to labor in the church as well. Now, if you've been lazy like the Tekoite nobles and you did not want to put your neck to the labors or your back to the labors, repent. Ask God to give you repentance that he would help you to labor in a way that is pleasing in his sight. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is faithfulness. And I think faithfulness is diligence. Faithfulness is when someone starts a work, they finish the work. Faithfulness is that when God calls them to a responsibility, they fulfill their promise and they do what they are called to in the sake of the church. Now, lest you think this message is one about works righteousness, nobody that was on this wall were saved because they worked hard or because they were zealous in building a wall. These saints of old were saved because they looked forward unto Jesus Christ, 
as we look back unto Jesus Christ. These saints of old would be something that was reminiscent of what Jesus told us. Jesus told us that when we have good soil that receives the word of God, it will produce good works. Good soil produces good works. Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. And again in Ephesians, we are not saved by works lest any man should boast. We are saved by faith alone and it's a gift of God. It's not of ourselves lest any one of us should boast. But why did God give us this faith in Christ? He gave us this faith in Christ because we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Why? So we can live an easy sofa life upon a real plush sofa so that we can be lazy in bed all day? God created us in Christ Jesus by his word and spirit unto, for the purpose of good works, which he prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. Ask God, what can I do? How can I help rebuild the walls of the church? What can I do to support the the work of the ministry? How can I be a faithful witness and a servant in my community? Who can I talk to and talk to about the, the blessed Lord Jesus? Let us pray. Our Father, we pray that you would help us to not merely be hearers of your holy word, but to be doers, that we would remember these things which we have learned, and that you would call us to labor, and that we would labor zealously and diligently, that we would not be those who would refuse the work. Help us to remember that what we do for you lasts for eternity. Help us, we pray, to build treasure in heaven and not upon earth. Help us to labor labor for the sake of that which will last for eternity. Yes, even labor for your holy, eternal kingdom. Forgive us of our sins, Lord. Forgive us for so often for our laziness and our lack of diligence. Help us, we pray, to be of, to have ways that we can find to labor and work and to serve you, the King of glory, for you are worthy of all of our labors. For we ask these things in the name of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. For our closing hymn, let's turn to uh, 389. Great God, what do I see and hear? Let's stand and sing 389.